Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hey, friends and faithful listeners, good morning and welcome to the P40 Ministries podcast with your host, Jen. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. We are going to be discussing Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 30 today. We are going to finish out this chapter of the Bible in Matthew. So go ahead and grab your Bible and your cup of coffee. Let's go ahead and start reading. I will be reading out of the W.E.B. version of the Bible this morning. Then the little children were brought to him that he should lay his hands on them and pray. And the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, Allow the little children, and don't forbid them to come to me. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to ones like these. He laid his hands on them and departed from there. Behold, one came to him and said, Good teacher, what good things shall I do, that I may have eternal life? He said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said, you shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not offer false testimony. Honor your father and your mother. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have observed from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he was one who had great possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, Most certainly I say to you, a rich man will enter into the kingdom of heaven with difficulty. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into God's kingdom. When the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Then Peter answered, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Most certainly I tell you that you who have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on the throne of his glory, you also will sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake will receive 100 times and will inherit eternal life. But many will be last who are first and the first will be last. There's a lot of interesting things in this passage of scripture. So let's go ahead and start talking about verse 13. It says that little children were brought to Jesus so that he could lay his hands on them and pray. But the disciples were not happy about this. In fact, they yelled at the parents and at the little children for bothering Jesus. And I want to say something. It's kind of funny. I was just writing a blog post for this Saturday about children and how 30%, just literally only 30% of millennials and Gen Zers believe that it is necessary to have children. That is 30% of two generations actually think that having children is 
necessary. And it's kind of funny, I was talking about this in the blog post saying that there's, there's a big problem with our culture regarding children. We have this stigma about children that they are just a bother and that they are messy and disgusting and a burden. We literally have this stigma. Unfortunately, this has kind of been the pattern for a really, really long time. And even these disciples here are acting like these children who want to come up to Jesus are nothing but a bother. We have to get out of this mindset that children are a bother. And that was kind of what my uh, my blog post was on. So make sure to read that on uh, Saturday morning. I will have that up and ready at 6.30 in the morning, Saturday morning. So go to www.p40ministries.com and uh, take a look at the blog and subscribe in order to get that blog post on Saturday morning. But anyway... It's just kind of funny. I was literally writing that. And then I read this passage of scripture about how these disciples think that children are a bother. So we need to be like Jesus. Jesus did not believe these children were a bother. Jesus, in fact, loved these little children. He often had little children around him. He really cared about children, never once thought they were a bother. And so since we are supposed to model who Jesus is, we are supposed to model the fact that he loved children, and so we should as well. So Jesus brings these children next to him. He lays his hands on them, and he blesses these little children. And then after that, he departs from there. So no more healing, no more preaching He lays his hands on the children. They were his priority. And then he leaves. And it says that as he was traveling, a man came up to him, a young man, and he said, good teacher, what things should I do that I can have eternal life? And Jesus says to him, he says, why do you call me good? And many people think that this was Jesus saying, I am not actually God. You know, I am not actually God's son. Many people who enjoy um, tearing the Bible apart like to say that this was Jesus saying that he was not actually God. But where, (laughs) where in this statement is Jesus saying, I am not God? All he's doing is asking this young man, why are you calling me good? He's asking this young man to reflect on why he is calling Jesus good. So he says, why are you calling me good? There is one that is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. And the young man's like, well, which ones do I need to keep? And Jesus goes and lists them off. And he's like, okay, well, you should know the commandments by now. He says, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You will not steal. You should not offer false testimony towards other people. You should honor your father and your mother. And you should love your neighbor as yourself. And the young man, he says to Jesus, he's like, well, I've done all of those things. I haven't murdered anybody. I haven't lied about anybody. I haven't uh, dishonored my mom or dad. I haven't uh, disrespect towards my neighbors or anything like that. So I've done all these things. So what am I still lacking? And that's a really interesting statement that that young man says. What am I still lacking? He knows he's lacking something. He knows he has not attained salvation. Otherwise, he wouldn't be going up to Jesus and saying these things. And that is why he is asking Jesus, how can I gain eternal life? How can I gain salvation? So Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come and follow me. And then verse 22 says, But when the young man heard this, he went away very sad because he was one who had 
great possessions. So this young man was a rich young man. And he had a lot of stuff. He had a lot of money and a lot of possessions. So when he heard Jesus say to him, go and sell all of your stuff, he was heartbroken because that was everything he had in life. So what do you guys think that this young man actually lacked? Well, firstly, he lacked love and obedience towards God. He didn't really understand who Jesus was when he was coming up to Jesus. Otherwise, he would have sold all of his stuff and gone and followed Jesus. He loved his possessions more than he loved the things of God. So his sin here was the fact that he had an idol and his idol was his possessions. He loved his possessions and he loved the world more than he loved God. And this kind of goes back to that parable we talked about a while back where the sower was going out to sow and some of the seeds fell among the thorns. So the wheat shot up, but didn't have good roots. And so it withered away quickly. So these are the types of people that want the things of God, kind of, initially. But then the cares of the world and the possessions of the world sweep them away. And they would rather have the world than things of God. And so this was exactly like this young man. He initially wanted the things of God, but he didn't want to have to give up his possessions and give up that idol that he had in order to follow Jesus. After this, Jesus says to his disciples in verse 23, he says, I tell you all the truth that it is going to be very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And he says, I'm going to say it again, actually. It is so hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And many of you already know this, but I'll say it anyway. This eye of the needle thing, many people believe that there was this gate back in Jesus's day, actually called the eye of the needle. And it was a little gate. And yes, camels could get through it, but the camel would have to like kneel down in order to get through this itty bitty little gate. And it was very hard to get the camel through it. It wasn't impossible, but it was hard. And so that is why many people speculate that Jesus says this, because it is not impossible for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. It's just very hard. And even Jesus him himself does not say it's impossible. He says it is very hard hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so the disciples are actually like astounded when they hear Jesus say this because they believe that monetary possessions and riches are actually from God, blessings from God. And so they are astounded when they hear that rich people, it's harder for them to go into heaven than it is for ordinary people. And when Jesus says that it's harder for them, I just want to make this pretty clear. The reason it's harder for a rich person to enter into heaven is because they care more about the money. They make it an idol the way this young man did. They make their money and their possessions an idol. And money makes people comfortable with life. When you have money and when you have possessions, you are more comfortable. You don't feel like you need anything. And that goes for a savior as well. You get comfortable in your life, you get comfortable in the world. You don't feel like you need a savior. You don't feel like you need anything. And so that is why it is harder for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of heaven. And I should mention, this is not every single rich person. Like I said, it's not impossible for a rich person to get into the kingdom of heaven. It's just harder for them because they have 
their cares taken care of, you know, and so they don't call out to God as often. And so the disciples are absolutely astonished by this. And they say to Jesus, who can be saved then? If a rich person can't be saved, who is going to be saved? And Jesus says very intently, it says Jesus looked at them intently at this question they asked. And he says, humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, everything is possible. And that's the answer to the question right there. Money, possessions are not going to save anybody. No matter how strictly we follow the law of God, no matter how strictly we do this, we do that, no matter what we do, we have sin in our hearts. And I've said before that the Hebrew word for sin is actually chata, and it means to miss the mark. I like to also think of this as disobedience to God. We have all disobeyed God in one way or another. Sometimes without even knowing it, we disobey God. We have all missed the mark. So humanly speaking, it really is impossible to be saved. We can't do anything on our own to be saved. But God is the one who is able to save us. So with God, all things are possible. Our salvation is possible. So God intervened on our behalf, even though we were disobedient to him and still are. Even though we are disobedient to God, he intervened for us, his disobedient children, and gave us salvation, gave us hope, gave us Jesus Christ. So with God, all things really are possible and we have salvation through Jesus, as long as we choose to believe in him. So after this, Peter says to him, well, Jesus, you know, we've given up everything to follow you. So what are we going to get? So Peter is still astonished about the rich man thing. And he's like, well, what are we supposed to get then? I thought we were going to get riches. What are we going to get for following you? We gave up everything. And so Jesus is very patient. And even though, you know, I would not have been patient. <laughs> been like, I just told you, you got salvation. What more do you want? But Jesus says, I assure you that when the world is made new and the son of man sits on his throne. So in other words, when everything is new and that's at the end of times, that is after us, that is in the future. He says, when the world is made new and when I sit on my glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on the 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. Now, one thing I find interesting about this statement, and I don't have an answer for, is though there were 12 disciples, one of them was Judas, who betrayed Jesus. So I, I'm kind of questioning who gets that last, um, that last seat with Jesus to reign over the 12 tribes of Israel. I, I wonder who that is. Maybe it was Paul, the apostle. So I don't know who got the last uh, 12th seat, but I guess we'll find out when we get to heaven. But anyway, he says that his disciples who followed him right then and there are going to help rule over the 12 tribes of Israel in the end times. And he also says that everyone who chooses to follow Jesus in the future is going to get great abundance. They are going to have eternal life and they are going to inherit so, so much from Jesus for giving up what we have. 
and following Jesus. We are going to inherit a hundred times as much as what we have. And it's just kind of, I don't know if it's monetary possessions. I don't know what. I'm kind of laughing here because it says everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sister or father or mother or children or property for my sake. So <laughs> I, I wonder, you know, I don't think I'm going to get a hundred mothers if I give up my mother to follow Jesus. <laughs> But I don't actually think that this is, you know, Jesus saying, oh, you're going to gain a hundred mothers because, you know, you decided to follow me on earth. I think this is just Jesus saying, you're going to gain so much. You are going to be filled with joy. You are going to live abundantly. You are going to have eternal life and you're going to be happy forever and ever and ever. Verse 30 to conclude here says that many who are the greatest now are going to be the least important in the end times. And... Those who seem least important now are going to be the greatest then. What a powerful, powerful statement. So we shouldn't really strive towards greatness on earth because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Jesus said right here, it does not matter how great you are on earth because you're not going to be very important if you're striving for greatness on earth. In fact, it says that those who are the greatest now are going to be the least important when Jesus reigns on his throne in the end. And that really is a, a fascinating statement to me. So this was the end of Matthew chapter 19. I hope you enjoyed this chapter. And if you did, make sure to like it and also share it on your social media platforms. Share the gospel on your platforms. And uh, also rate it five stars from whatever platform you are listening on. And like I said earlier, if you go to www.p40ministries.com slash the blog, take a look at the blog and also subscribe. Then you will get to that blog post that I wrote about children in your inbox on Saturday morning when you wake up. Since I don't do a podcast episode on Saturdays, I thought it would be kind of cool to do blog posts on Saturdays instead. However... I don't always get to the blog posts because uh, I forget, honestly. <laughs> I forget to do them sometimes, so I'm sorry about that. But I do have one for you on Saturday, so definitely check that out on Saturday morning. But friends, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Happy listening, and God bless. God bless.